0: In Matthew 419, Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple
1: Makers Podcast.
0: Okay, we are back for another conversation about living out the Great Commission, and today we are joined by the one, the only, (laughs) Stan Hill. Stan is a dear friend of mine. And um, Stan and I have spent quite a bit of time together, and I love this man. Uh, anybody that knows you, Stan, uh, tells me uh, when I usually say something about Stan, or they say, I oh, know Stan. And then it's always followed up with, What a great man. Hmm. How does it feel to be such a great man? I don't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I threw a curveball at you, didn't I? Well, Stan, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Mark. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, and I appreciate you asking me this morning. Absolutely. Well, we uh, you are a disciple-maker,
0: my friend. You uh, take this whole Great Commission seriously, and you are investing in in others, and we're just going to talk about that today. But um, I find what's fascinating about you is that you have how many grandchildren?
1: We have six grandchildren three girls and three boys okay. and we have six great grandchildren three girls and three boys we are so blessed
0: uh, you and if you could see his face right now he's grinning from ear to ear talking about them i can't imagine what a blessing that is and so um and you are the uh, you are the pride of clemson aren't you oh yeah the yeah. one and only clemson absolutely
1: uh, Tiger paws everywhere
0: See, I went ahead and, and, and got Clemson in the conversation early for us, so Absolutely. you didn't have to, right? and we have to. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're happy. Congratulations, by thank the way, you, on thank all you. that. It's a fun year. Fun year. Well, Stan, you grew up in church uh, all your life, or uh, you come to church later in life? What?
1: I grew up in church all my life. My first recollections of church is a little white clapboard church in the little town of Monk's Corner, South Carolina, and uh, that place would probably seat 100 people. Yeah. And had a, a big stove that heated the whole church. And <laughs> I used to hate to go.
0: <laughs> now, that doesn't sound much like a church commercial for me. No, it
1: <laughs> does. My parents, as Steve Wood would say, drug me there. <laughs> oh, you had a drug problem. They yeah. drug you to church. Yeah,
0: I see. And so uh, you go on to Clemson, you meet your bride, and uh, you work for the
1: power company.
0: If I'm here, if I remember correctly, is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, I work for Santee Cooper, South Carolina Public Service Authority. Okay, so how many years were you uh, with them? I was with them for uh, about two years, and then I got an offer to come to Atlanta and um, go with a consulting engineering company, Southern Engineering Company, and. So I did come to Atlanta and started that part of my career and loved it. I was with them for about 12 years.
0: And uh, and so you're retired now. I am. From the work world. And uh, here's what I love about you. So many people think when they retire from work, they retire from their faith or they retire from serving. And they decide to go to the beach and pick up shells for 20 years or something like that. But that is not the case with you. You are a... You're a disciple-maker in your retirement, aren't you?
1: Well, uh, I, I think I am. But, you know, Mark, when I retired and as I grew uh, a number of years away from retirement, I began to say, you know, God has gotten me here for some purpose. And so what is that purpose? mm And if it's to be a disciple-maker, great. Um, And I continue to ask him every day, show me what you need me to do. Mm, That's
0: beautiful. You you said purpose. Um, So many people are looking for purpose in life, aren't they?
1: I think you're exactly right. All you got to do is look at the news.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And wow. People are doing crazy stuff, aren't they? I know when you go to the grocery store and you look at the Christian uh, book rack or anything like that, it's every book, every other book title is about purpose, it seems like yeah, finding your yeah. purpose and God's purpose. Well, um, you and I have talked before, and we agree that um, living the Great Commission lifestyle is God's purpose for our life. You've found that purpose. And so um, tell me a little bit about that. When did you put your first group of men together to discuss disciple making?
1: Well, can I go back in time one second to tell you something that still sticks out so vividly in my mind? I was probably 14, 15 years old, and we had a little youth fellowship group group in our church, which I didn't attend. But there was this lady in the church— She drove an old Frasier car, if anybody knows what that is. I don't. (laughs) Old car. She insisted on coming and picking me up and carrying me to that youth group on Hmm. Sunday night, and I hated it, but my parents made me go. (laughs) But a funny thing, after a couple of months of being with the other kids and beginning to understand a little bit about faith— Uh, things changed, and that's when I believe I really started my faith journey. Mm. And it was because of that one lady and her persistence. How about that? So, um, to me, that's always been close to my heart. Well, yeah, she She doesn't know it, she's been long since gone, but she's the one who put me on the right now. My parents did as well, taking me to church all the time, but. For an outsider, for her to have that commitment to come get me every single Sunday and almost drag me there, and then my life just changed as far as, mm-hmm. as my beliefs.
0: So an invitation. Yes. Is, is what it takes. And you're doing that now with your men. I know you've had several groups as met. I know you've got a group now that
1: meets every Tuesday morning. Right. And after about four years, we decided to split at your prodding <laughs> And so we, I went out, um, I got Ray Ori to be an assistant with me, but we had nobody who had committed to the group. Uh, One Sunday, I saw Pat Blair in church, and I walked up and I said, Pat, do you have any interest in joining a disciple group? He said, funny you should ask. I have been praying about that and God's been telling me that's oh, what I ought to do and yes I would love to join that group. How about that? Almost identical thing happened with um, uh, two of the other guys. One guy, he's Presbyterian. That's okay. Dave we Challenger. Love the yeah, we take him. <laughs> I started talking to him on the driving range. Okay. He was a little hard nut to crack. It took me a little while, and I said, you know, I'm not going to beat you to death with it, but I want you to think about it. You know, one day he said, you know what? I've been thinking about this, so I'd like to join. So I guess to answer your question, it's not me that does it. Mm-hmm. I just have to ask. Mm-hmm. God works on different people yeah. when it's their time. And I think that's how it all came about. We now have 13. We just lost one yesterday wow. in our group. And uh, gosh, what a blessing they've been to me.
0: And how long have you been meeting with this group?
1: We have just crossed the three-year mark. Okay. Yeah, a- January three years ago is when we started.
0: Okay. Yeah, I remember uh, you invited me into one of your groups. You were going to be gone for the summer or something, and, and uh, it was about— f- Four years, and and I remember asking the guys, "Why are y'all still meeting together? How come you haven't multiplied and divided up?" And so funny because I thought Stan's going to kill me when he gets home and his group's dissolved. (laughs) But you didn't. What did you do? You went out and started another one, and look at this. And the guys multiplied, and and here we are. So with with uh, what you do with these guys, you gather them. You've invited them from all over the place. You've invited them from seeing them at church. I
1: heard you say on the golf course. Wherever,
0: wherever you cross paths,
1: right? Yep, wherever we meet. Um, you know, it's a strange phenomenon to me. Most of the time when you ask somebody, their first response is, well, you know, I don't know that much about the Bible, and um, I'll think about it. And so I try to tell them, well, nobody knows a lot about it. That's what we're doing. That's why we're meeting. That's why we're <laughs> studying. Well, y'all read, you know, you've been doing this a while. But I think they find once they do make a commitment to come in and sit down with us, we're all there learning. Mm -hmm. And they see very quickly that uh, everybody's studying the same stuff. Mm -hmm. We all have some of the same questions. We all have some of the same concerns. And, you know, after a couple of weeks, they start blending in as if they'd been there for years. How about that? Yeah. feels like home. It feels like home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what are some of the things
0: you, you've seen over the years uh, in men and how men uh, respond to adversity, uh, look to God for answers, resist groups like you're talking about, um, resist your invitation to be a part of something great like one of your covenant groups? Um, what do you? What have you noticed about about men and
1: spiritual growth? Well, one of the things that I do try to emphasize as we start new people is that this covenant group, things that are said there stay there Mm. unless we agree that something needs to go outside. Well, that's important. And initially, I don't think they actually believe that. But I think after a month or two, they see, hey, this is a group where I can – lay something on the table, Mm -hmm. and nobody's going to do anything but try to help or try to explain or point me in the right direction. So that's one of the great things. But I think one of the primary things I've seen, especially by those men who say, I really don't know that much about the Bible. I've never really studied the Bible. That after a month or two, all of a sudden this, I've got to study this Bible. I mean, oh. there's so much that I never even knew existed. So it there. creates a hunger then. It does.
0: Them. Oh, wow.
1: And, I mean, I've got three people in mind. I will not mention their names, but uh, I, the growth that <clears throat> I've seen in those three men in the last couple of years has been incredible. Wow! Used to, they would never say a prayer. You know, we pray in and we pray out. Well, Yeah couple of them would never pray in Pray, that's not true anymore. What does that Everybody feel like prays? for
0: you as the as the facilitator when you see that kind of growth in those men?
1: Well, for me, truthfully, I feel like the Holy Spirit really is working. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why we gather. Yeah. You say this to us all the time in church. And it's one thing that I say a lot is the primary thing we're trying to do as a covenant group is to have a more personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all about, to develop that personal relationship. So when you see that happening, you know, it really gives you a strong feeling that mm. Mm, we must be on the right track here.
0: Yeah, well, you get a front row seat to a man's life who's growing in his faith. Right. And that's good stuff, it really is good stuff, yeah, that is good so um what is it that you do with your group uh you're studying books or just reading scriptures together what do you what do you what's your content
1: um when we started out, we sort of went along with some of the suggestions that you have had for us uh training of the twelve mm-hmm. um, the uh well not g two r but uh Romans 12. Yes. We did that, and we did the basic studies. We did a lot of those. And then about two years ago, we got a hold of some videos of the one we just completed, or completed about three months ago, was um, the Book of Acts. This video is verbatim words. The whole thing just shows the Bible words in action.
0: Wow.
1: And you can follow the words in the Bible as the action goes on. And it's been great because it shows uh, how people react to things. You see facial expressions. Okay. You see all kind of things happen. So we've done that. And after we just did the uh, study on Acts, I said, how about let's go into studying The Bible itself. You know, we saw a lot that um, Luke had said about Paul's journeys. Uh What did Paul say about his journeys? And the only way to really understand that is go to his letters. Yes. So we have done two of the letters. We just finished Galatians. Okay. And it has been amazing how everybody has, in fact, they tell me now, you know, it is so much better— To study just the Hmm. word—I mean, the words that you know, Paul wrote, Jesus wrote—and it's it's been a super study.
0: That's incredible. You know, so many people are looking for the best book out there for their group or the best video series, but like it feels to me like you kind of gently guided these guys through that to realizing that the Bible, uh, the Word of God, is really all we need. That's
1: right. That is exactly you said it.
0: Yeah, and and so, but to start with that, some people might be, you know, incredibly mm-hmm. intimidated, uh, and then to think that they might now be supposed to lead that for other people might also increase that intimidation. But the way you've guided them is is uh, is amazing.
1: Well, the other thing that that we we have sort of seen in there is, okay, you start studying all the words of Paul and Luke and the others in the New Testament, and they keep referring back to things in the Old Testament. Hmm. And so just this week, we started saying, you know what? We might need to go back and study a book or two in the Old Testament because all of Jesus' disciples and Jesus himself kept referring to the Old Testament. That was their Bible. Yeah. So why shouldn't we go back and understand it more? You know, some people want to want to make the Bible two parts, uh-huh. that the Old Testament is exclusive of the New, or the New is exclusive of the Old, and you know as well as I do, it's not. It's a continuation of the story.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It, it's the whole counsel of God. All right. It? Yeah. Well, I know Jesus quoted Deuteronomy more than any other book. It's he did interesting.
1: In, in the study we just did, and I went back and read some out of Deuteronomy this week. So.
0: And that is fascinating, isn't it? Well, um, so where do you see uh, this group going? Do you see uh, some people think, well, we're just going to meet till Jesus comes back. Other people see their group as, well, I'm training them so that we can multiply. Where do you feel like the, um, God's leading you with this particular group you're leading now?
1: I believe right at the moment that we need to continue to stick together for another year at least Okay. because of the growth that I've seen. Hmm. And we've had some real struggles in the group because we have lost two guys in the last two months, you Ron mean- Zimmerman and Ron Beverness mm-hmm. just yesterday. Passed, That's passed two, away. Both yeah. of those guys were in our group. And uh, I think this group has been a blessing as we have gone through those struggles with those two guys. Mm. And it's opened our eyes to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe we'll stick together for at least another year. But I can tell you that there are three guys in there right now who are ready to lead a group. Do they know that? I've told them. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. And they sort of, uh, you know, but I say, keep thinking. I said, I, I, you know, I can't make them do that. I'm not try- trying to make them do that. I said, when God mm. moves you, right. you'll tell me I'm ready to start a group. So, and they said, well, how do we start a group? And it goes back to just what we said. You, you just sort of see people and mm-hmm. come talk to Mark a little bit, and he might know Uh-oh. of a couple of people you you ought to talk to and right. things like that.
0: That living invitationally, if we can ever get into our minds that um, we've been invited into the kingdom by someone. Oh, none of us just found God on our own, right? That's right. Along the way, we're invited by an, a lady who dr- drove us to church or mm-hmm. our parents or some somebody, sometimes our spouse, right? Right, right. Uh, and then we when we can take on that posture of living invitationally to to always have something to invite someone to, uh, a church service, a concert, a small group, a dinner party, something. I see that in the life of Jesus, don't you?:
1: Absolutely, yeah. And you know the the thing about it is you don't just put a group together and it stays the same. I mean, we just brought a new person in in the last month. Okay, and two of us have sort of worked on him for a while. Okay, and he decided, well, it was time. Join the herd. Join the herd, and <laughs> looks like he's going to be a great addition to Wonderful. the group. Yeah, feel like it.
0: Well, Stan, I've always had the utmost from the first day I met you. The utmost respect for you, and what um, just the way I watch you, how you treat your wife, how you treat your children, how you treat. Uh, how nice you are to me on the golf course when my game is gone south. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. And, uh, and I've just always had such an admiration for you. I consider you a sage. And um, I was reading a book by John Eldridge called Fathered by God. And in that book, he talks about the uh, six stages of a man's life. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you, you may can resonate with these. It says the first stage is the beloved son. It's that, um, you know, we're loved by our parents, we're nurtured. Uh, And then the next stage we get into our teen years is that cowboy. You remember that phase for you? Oh, yeah. Got to go, independent. Need to be my own man. Be my own man. Be my own man. And then third stage for a man's life is when he becomes a warrior. And that's where he learns to fight for things. He learns discipline. He learns things don't come easy. Um, And so that warrior phase is where a a young man really learns— difficulties in life. And then we move to lover, which is we learn how to love a woman, how to be a husband, how to love children. Uh, The next phase is the king phase, um, which is where we uh, have property, we have power at work maybe, we're making decisions that affect people's lives. It's our highest earning years. Um, And then we enter what I think may be the most influential stage of a man's life, which is his sage years. And that is the year you have accumulated all this experience, all this knowledge, all these phases and stages of life, and now you have rich, deep wisdom to share. And what I love about you is that you're not sidelining that wisdom in yourself. You're meeting and pouring that into other men.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, and... Um... When I ask God, what am I still here for? I I do feel that that's part of what he's leaving me here for. And it's not, you know, while that covenant group is really, really important to me, if I could instill any of this into my six grandkids and my six great-grandkids, I will feel like I have done what God wanted me to do. I mean, that, mm. that's where I am in life, I, and I, I appreciate you saying about the sage time. It is, it is a time where I don't have to worry about going to work and doing this and doing that. So wh- what do I need to be doing? Well, yes. I love these disciple groups, these covenant groups, and I love trying to inspire my young ones mm. uh, to follow the path of Jesus.
0: Discipling your family Right What would you say To that man out there That's in your stage Phase of life And um, Is feeling like You know uh, I don't have that much To offer Kind of thing What would you say To them about Discipling their children Or their grandchildren or, Or others
1: I think that Probably the first thing Is And Mark You have said this a number of times in your sermons, you don't just pray to God about things. You listen. If you don't listen, then you're not going to hear what he has to say. And I fully believe that if you listen for God's word, he will direct you as to how you should be training or at least influencing your Kids, grandkids, and in my case, (laughs) great-grandkids. How how do you disciple your grandchildren? Well, I hope by um, the life that I'm living is one way. Uh, One thing I've been doing with my grandchildren for probably at least five years, if you go to the Bible app, Every day, there's a verse of the day, oh. and I send that verse of the day to my grandkids every single day. Wow. And I have had probably four or five of them to come back to me and say, Poppy, that was exactly what I need to hear today. Wow. So you don't hear it very often, mm-hmm. but you know they're looking at it and reading it when once in a while they come back and say... I really needed to hear that today.
0: That's beautiful. What a gift you're giving them God's word daily.
1: I hope they're reading it. <laughs> and they live in different states and different places. Oh, yeah. They um, live in South Carolina and Missouri and all around. So, <clears throat> so
0: some some grandfathers might say, "Well, I don't live near him. How am I going to disciple him?" You figured it out. You're sending God's word to him every
1: single. Seemed to be day. a simple thing to do when I first started, and now it's. You know, I, I hate to miss a day. Occasionally yeah. I do, uh-huh. but um, I hate to miss a day. And I always read that verse myself and see what it says to me. Mm. Most of them really talk strongly to me. Some of them I can't quite figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's tap into
0: some of that great sage wisdom that you have, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, let's say you're talking to a man who's in the prime of his busy life. He's 40 years old. He is got a mortgage and trying to climb the ladder of success, and he's got children and trying to take care of himself, and and then this minister gets up and keeps telling him, make disciples, make disciples, right? Um, what advice would you have given yourself uh, at 40 years
1: old? Last Sunday, I went to a church over in South Carolina. We were over keeping our th- three little great-granddaughters for a week. He's smiling again, people. While they went off (laughs) on a trip. But we went to the church they go to, and the minister's sermon was one they said, I hate to talk on. It was on tithing. But, of course, in the midst of that, he talked about tithing of time. And he mentioned, okay, there's 24 hours in a day. That means if you tithe time to God, you need to give him 2.4 hours a day. And so when you're in the midst of your busy work life, is there a way to give God 2.4 hours in a day? Sounds like a lot to, to me. Sounds like a lot. But I can remember in in my work life that we went through some struggles in our business, and. We got a new CEO in, uh, who I admired greatly, and he and I met at seven every morning in our office to have prayer. Wow! About what the day would bring and what we needed to do. So that only took ten minutes. So maybe you can't give two point four, but how about start the day with a prayer with your boss, uh, people who work for you, whoever wants to do it, wow. it does make a change in how the business flows, hmm. and I saw that so uh, spectacularly with our company.
0: That is a I've never heard of of a CEO encouraging that. Yeah, that is it, it, incredible. It
1: changed the
0: the whole dynamics of the
1: company. Hmm.
0: Uh, and probably the way you interacted with each other, the way yes. you'd worked as a team, mm-hmm. because you brought, you brought God's presence into that.
1: Yep. So, you know, now you can call it sage if you want to, but as I look back, there was plenty of time to give to God. I just wasted time that I didn't need to.
0: Mm, wow.
1: Yeah, I, you know, there's an old saying that's always
0: really, every time I hear it, it it hits me in the heart. It was by actually Nietzsche, who <laughs> we don't typically quote Nietzsche in the church, mm-hmm. but he said we lost something when we went from the radio when we went from the hourglass to the radial clock, because the radial clock has this image that time is resetting itself round and round, mm. but the hourglass shows us that time's truly slipping away. Mm. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that before. Well, it's it's what the psalmist said, 90 verse 2, I think it is, or 90 verse 1, where he said, teach me to number my days so I may gain a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I do think wisdom comes not only from just living through those phases of life and getting to the sage aspect of it, but also um, when we number our days, when we realize that every day is a gift from God. Uh, and to spend time with our grandchildren or our in our in if we're in our
1: 40s or 30s in our business life or...
0: Wherever it is.
1: Well, at my age, I I certainly understand that every single day I have is a gift from God. And although I don't use it wisely every day, mm-hmm. uh, it's something I do think about and try to do. And when you see those men that God has called you to disciple,
0: and you see them as a gift from God, it changes the way you approach that group, doesn't
1: it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, they're They're all of them are very special people in my life right now. Mm.
0: Well, I know that. I can, I visited your group, I've seen that. And we want you to come back too. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, be careful. Remember what happened last time? The group split up after I came there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I still feel like I need to apologize to you for no, that. No, that worked, well. <laughs> that worked well. Well, Stan, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today, for encouraging people listening out there. If you're, if you're out there and 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 you're looking for God's purpose for your life, uh, look no farther than the Bible. Look no farther than to living out what Jesus told us to do, which is take what we know about Him and invest it in the lives of other people. It really is. It's not easy, but it's simple. Right. I agree with you, Mark. It really is. Well, God bless you and your. Uh, I hope your grandchildren listen to this and hear 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 you. And uh, uh, if there's anything that we can resource you, go to four 419- nineteen. Uh, schoolofdisciplemakers.org. It can be found at the Mount Pisgah website. There's tons of content there. There's tons of encouragement, videos. You can find the podcast there as well and share it with other people. And uh, Stan, once again, thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Uh, God bless. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast.